In this episode of the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart Leadership Podcast, I go over an evening of great highs and a little bit of heart. Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Bless His Heart. The name, Ken Williams. This has been a week. We had a PTA meeting on Thursday night, and it was fantastic. No greater way to usher in a week of winter break. It was well attended. Teacher updates were awesome. Mr. Crenshaw showed his ass during his part. Uh, By the way, that's a compliment. The beta club ceremony was fabulous, and the kids, the kindergartners and first graders were off the chain. The collaborative work of the PE teachers and kindergarten teachers and music teacher was phenomenal. The stage looked beautiful. The kids were awesome. Because she sat where she sat, I can stand where I stand. I am Rosa Parks. It was the proudest night as the principal of this school. The emphasis on black history is huge here. The first graders were awesome as well. I'm still floating from the evening's festivities. Later that evening, one of my teachers came to me choked up. She informed me of the sacrifice she made in order to attend the PTA meeting that evening. She talked very humbly about the heartwarming news of her son scoring his best goal of the year that same evening. He's in high school and she tries to make all of his games. She got home and when he told her that she missed his best soccer performance to date, she was devastated. She told me because she needed me to know. She wasn't angry or resentful, as it might seem if you're reading this. I think she just needed to share. Well, my my heart went out to her, and I decided to write and send the following note card to her home. February 17th. Young Mr. Dodd, I want to, on behalf of all our first graders and their parents, thank you for lending us your mom last night. I understand that you missed seeing your most studly soccer performance of the year. Congratulations on scoring that goal. I know it doesn't change the fact that she wasn't with you, but I want you to know that she was at our school last night supporting dozens of kids who aren't as blessed as you and I. For that, I thank you. And now the pressure's on to score another awesome goal. Forward, Ken Williams. baby let's get into this i i don't know if it's that i've done more than 30 episodes and that everything feels visceral and literally takes me back to that moment or if i'm just hitting on a string of events and occurrences that just hit me where i live but this was just another one and i don't know um Maybe it's that 
the journal just takes me back. I, I don't know, but I, I'm I'm feeling tonight like I was feeling that night in 2006. And that is uh, deeply humbled and pensive. You know, first, it was, in the end, they're all highs, honestly. It's just, it's all highs. It's Even the heartbreak was somewhat of a high, and I'll get to that. But this was definitely a week where we, we turned the corner. You know, you don't let the highs get too high and the lows get too low when you're doing this work, especially in a quote-unquote turnaround situation. I'm not crazy about that term because it's, it's often associated with someone who just comes in and just, you know, you know, fixes and then and then is out of there. But that night was just amazing, you know, because uh, it it took the staff effort. I remember a journal entry early on where, you know, it was one of our early PTA meetings, and it was mostly the Ken show. I mean, you know, we were still trying to, you know, fix things behind the scenes so we can be presentable. But at this point, man, I just I just stood in the background and the kids, along with our teachers and staff, it was just a phenomenal night. It puts to bed this stereotype and narrative that often goes with very impacted schools, urban schools, schools that... Um, perhaps are located in places where there are a lot of challenges and adversity about parent involvement. Because what we learned very quickly, or what I learned, maybe my folks knew this already, but what I learned is when we're serving the kids the way we need to and we make them feel a part and we do things that make them feel part of the community, right? Part of the fabric and DNA of the school, parents will show. And our parents show, baby. I mean, we would... uh, you know, we we fed them, but that but folks don't come out after working a job or two to a school in the evening just for some, you know, hot dogs and big beans. Even though, you know, we went above and beyond because we wanted to be sure that we gave our parents like no, we, we tried to take all of the obstacles away. So, but they showed up, man. They they, they showed up because our first and second graders, our kindergarten and first graders were on display. We turned our PTA meetings into, I would say, it evolved from 100% PTA stuff to about 70% cultural arts, showing off, showing the kids off. In fact, the kids would, they would communicate the major points, you know, especially the curricular items. You know, we'd have them talk about it. And then I'd sneak out there every once in a while with some, you know, run-of-the-mill PTA stuff. And as soon as I hear keys jingling and folks shuffling in their seats, we get some more kids out on stage. But man, the kids were fantastic that night. And it, it was just a point of just fantastic pride because it was, it was definitely, it wasn't about me that night. And our staff just showed up along with our kids and, and made it happen. And then, you know, the... The part of the night with my first grade teacher is, uh, I don't know, still impacts me today. I was able to read the note I wrote to the young man because because uh, I made a copy of it. I just It was just a moment, man. And 
what I love about that moment and love about her to this day. And reading this journal entry makes me want to see if I can reach out and find her. She taught me so many lessons. You know, one lesson indirectly is I, I can't fix everything. And I'm, I'm a fixer, right? I'm, I'm a fixer because I'm good at fixing stuff. And I'm also a fixer to an extent because I want to avoid pain. And so sometimes rather than leaning into what I'm feeling, I'm trying to fix it. And this is this wasn't anything I could fix, you know. There were no streaming platforms. There was no way to simulcast is, you know, have her watch the game while, you know, perhaps at the is that she wasn't there. She couldn't be there. I couldn't turn back the clock. I couldn't fix it. And that forced me to be 100% present with uh, just heart and empathy. And the heart and empathy is not hard for me. It's just hard for me not to want to fix stuff. So that, that's the first lesson. Sometimes folks just need you to listen. She needs to drop that off so she can get on with her life and her work. <laughs> I know you're listening to this podcast thinking, ooh, I want to start a podcast of my own. Ken, how do I do it? Well, here's the information, baby. Stay tuned. She needed to drop that off. Also, I felt this then and I feel it now. Like she trusted me with that. You know, I'd like to believe that while having high expectations and really working to make our school better, which is going to, you know, any kind of change is going to rub folks the wrong way to an extent. But she trusted me with that. And, uh, even to this day, I'm deeply humbled by it because she could have kept that in. She could have tried to suppress it. She could have expressed it in other ways. She could have taken it out on the kids the next day. She could have come in in a funky mood, but she didn't. She came back. She hit the ground running like she did every day, but she needed to, she needed to let me know what the sacrifice was. And I don't have, you know, even in preparing for this episode, I don't have the right words for what her expression was and what it wasn't. She wasn't doing it to rub anything in my face, didn't do it to make me feel bad. It wasn't about guilt. Like I said in the entry, she, there was no resentment, no anger. And I knew I needed to add, though it may seem that way, when you read it because I knew years later I would read it never thought I'd be sharing on the podcast but that is such a a high sense of self I I just sit here tonight just reminded of the kind of strength it took for her not only to miss the game but to process it the way she did and uh, needless to say I mean listen I I do anything for my staff members But that night, I knew I'd run through a wall for her. I would run through a wall for that woman after that night. The last thing I'll say is, um, I was talking with some colleagues today about this, is is the power of the handwritten note. Like, I'm getting older. I'm in my 50s, so I'm no longer a young man with old school 
sensibilities. Now I'm an older man with old school sensibilities, but I've always been an advocate of the handwritten note. There's just something special about it. There's something special about someone sitting down and thinking of nothing and no one but you. And I know that can be done in an email. I know it can be done in a text message. But there's a, there's a permanence to the handwritten note. And I, I didn't do it with any kind of uh, intentions. No, you know, I just, I just value it. And what I saw over time is, you know, years later, you know, either FaceTiming or visiting a school and I've got former teachers and I'll, I can't tell you how many times one of them will just turn around and point to a bulletin board and I'll just see that folded over note that I'd written years ago and, and what it meant. So that's what I got for you this week, man. Just take that away. You, we can't fix everything. Sometimes we just have to be there and present. And I, I'm not going to tell you I had this trusting relationship with every single staff member, but I worked at it. And are you working at it? Because she, as, as much as it hurt to hear that, she gifted me that night. She gifted me that night. All right, baby, forward. Start with the crown. As always, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to tune in for the next episode. Please share with a neighbor, friend, or colleague so they too can get a dose of this buttery baritone as I go through my leadership journey, explain how I screwed things up and sometimes got a thing or two right. But in the end, here's the message I want to leave you with. No matter what's going on in your personal life or professional life, when you wake up on the right side of dirt, you playing with house money, baby. You playing with house money. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.